0: All right, welcome into yet another edition of the Patriots Beat Podcast here on the CLNS Media Network. I am Mike Cadlick from CLNS, joined, as always, by Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Once again, plenty to get to this week as we preview Patriots versus Jets. The Pats head to the Meadowlands this Sunday to take on the 5-2 and two Jets uh, from MetLife Stadium. And uh, we'll start with some news. There's plenty of Patriots news, specifically around the quarterback, uh, quarterbacks, I guess. Uh, plenty of injuries to talk as well. Pats and Jets both sort of banged up. Uh, we'll get into some offensive and defense, defensive game plans, see how they they might attack this one. Then we'll wrap up with a Boston Sports Minute and some Q&A because uh, we want to hear what you guys have to ask us. But then there's also some uh, some breaking Boston Sports news that came in today as well. So we'll touch on all that. But first, the news of the week. Reports are that Mac Jones will start on Sunday, according to ESPN's Field Yates. Um, it started as a bit of an outside report, uh, like, like – was last week. It wasn't really anything internal. It didn't come directly from the team, but I guess I trust Field Yates personally. I know he's been in the building before, and he is also friends with Steve Belichick, so there might be something to that. Um, Today, Bill Belichick was asked about it at his press conference and, once again, did not directly call Mac the starter, but said that He's full go this weekend, should be ready to go. So no, he did. He
1: he did. I don't think he straight up said Mac will be the starter, but somebody, I, I, I'll i find the exact wording here. Yeah. Somebody asked something along the lines of, is the plan for Mac Jones to start on Sunday? And he said, that's the case. So the words Mac is the starter. He's still
0: tiptoeing. Really his he mouth. still won't say it. I know it's going to no, happen. It's...
1: He did. No, he did. Hang on. I don't, I'm trying okay. to find this. Um, I should pull up the transcript instead of my
0: tweet. Because it was because Phil, I think it was Phil Perry who's been who's been so on I, the case this whole time. And I, I know what back and ha-
1: forth you're talking about. Yes. Hang on. Let me pull up the transcript and, and we'll sort this all out here. Um sort through all the we'll So the plan is question. I don't remember who asked this, but so the plan is for him, Jones, to start Sunday. Phil, that's what I just said. He's gonna have the full load. Yeah. So that's okay. the words Mac Jones is the starter. He still did not say it, Alex. Leave his mouth, but he uh, he answered in the affirmative. The one you're talking about, let me see if I can find this here from Phil. Because yeah. um, this was the next question. Um, I know some, t- uh, when it comes to the plans moving forwards, is he able to? And Bill cuts him off. I've just, that's where we're at. Okay. So, like, don't give me. I don't want to go through all the hypotheticals. That's not where we're at. We're getting ready for the Jets. That's where we're at, period. Question, you can't say for the whole season? Bill, I can't give you no. You're going to give me a bunch of hypothetical situations. I don't know what those hypotheticals are, so we're not going to get into that. Phil, I'm trying not to ask a hypothetical, but, Bill, it's hypothetical. Like, here we are today. We're practicing for the Jets. It's Thursday, getting ready for the Jets. That's where we are. Anything that happens beyond that, it's not current. I'm not going to get into it. That's as helpful as I can be. So he is, and he he said later on too, again, uh, answered in the affirmative when asked if the plan is for Mac Jones start on Sunday. Yep. Would not answer a question about Mac finishing the game. He did say Mac right. will have the full workload, whatever that means. But yeah, I, I think basically what it is, is Bill still wants the opening to be able to make the quarterback switch later on. I think Mac is the starter for Sunday. I think that they plan on, if all goes well, having him play the full game. But I don't think Bill is 100% sold on Mac moving forward. I think that door is still a tiny bit open for Bailey happy. Now, to what extent? I don't think a lot, but it's there. But uh, I do think that, that I, I've i seen enough that, yeah, okay, Mac Jones is the starter on Sunday. Like, really the starter, not whatever right. that was against, against
0: Chicago. Even, too, because like we last week, we never really knew or there was no reports on who was getting first team reps or anything like that. So we didn't really know. And it ended up being that they were both getting them where the report came out yesterday that Mac got 90% of the first team reps. And it's clear that they're ramping that today. Yes. And he confirmed that. And so they're ramping him up to start and be the guy barring, I guess, you know, any unforeseen circumstances, whether that be, he's off the injury report. That's another thing to add. So his ankle is cleared. He's cleared to go. So uh, yeah, it looks like, Looks like Mac has his team back, at least for now. Um, it still feels, again, like maybe a short leash, like maybe, you know, he does not want to give the affirmative that Mac is the starting quarterback of this team permanently. He wants to take this thing week by week, which is not a common thing for Bill Belichick, as we've seen with, you know, Brady and even a guy like Cam Newton in the past. It's Cam's a starter, Tom's a starter, etc. Right. So, again, uh, feels like less of coaching malpractice that I kept jarring about is because, you Know what they said and said it out loud, Max, our starter, and this is the direction we're going in. So I feel a little bit better about the positions today than I did on Tuesday.
1: I, I yeah, I, I guess I feel I still don't feel great. Oh, no, it's, but, but I guess, yeah, better, better, technically,
0: relatively sure, right? So we'll see. Max getting the start anyway, we'll see how that pans out the rest of the way. Um, the other piece of news here, and we had touched on the um, lack of performance out of Jake Bailey, Franco this season uh, from a yep. special team's perspective. And uh looks like the Patriots are bringing in some punters uh, to work out as Jake Bailey continues to struggle. Notably Jake Julian, who was a guy here during training camp who Alex, you tracked all his punts over, uh, over the course of camp. He looks like a decent leg to maybe. He's got a leg. He's got a leg. I don't know
1: that he's like that upper echelon, but I, right. I'd put him in the category of, you know, bigger compared to smaller leg. Sure.
0: Right. Yeah, so I mean no news hey, about I the I don't know that he
1: can really control it, but right. he's got a big leg.
0: Yeah, so no news about the punters yet, but uh there's a fire under Jake Bailey's behind uh, as he continues to struggle uh in the punk game.
1: Yeah, and and I I would say rightfully so and we've got another right. strong punter draft class coming up, believe it or not, Troy Taylor, Iowa punt to win. But um yeah, I the 2023 it's, I,
0: punters class. Nice.
1: Mike Reese kind of insinuated something that it could be a workload thing and Bailey might still be hurt. That would be interesting. At this point, though, if he's still hurt. Look, I used his injury to excuse away his performance last year. I sat here and did that. I said, he's hurt. He's doing the best he right. can. You know, they, if they, if he was that bad, they'd put him on IR. If it's the same injury and now we're into year two, like, is it going to get better? Like, this is right. a lingering, nagging injury. At what point is it chronic and then he just can't do the job anymore? So, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure.
0: Yeah, we'll see how that goes. But again, uh, punters are here to uh, you know push Jake Bailey and hopefully, uh, whether it be Jake Bailey or whether it, be, whether it be a practice squad elevation, to kind of uh, get him moving in the right direction. Again, no, uh, no news yet, but uh, there's people in, so Jake Bailey should be on watch, on notice. Um, let's do injuries on our new Injury Thursday segment here because there are plenty of them, uh, especially on the Jets side. Uh, the Jets who, like I said, are five and two, um, playing really good football, but lost two key pieces to their offense last week in Brees yeah. Hall and Elijah Vera and potentially Hall, a third too. Yes, in, correct. In Corey Davis, who hasn't practiced. And Corey Davis, yeah, that's yeah. So Hall, Hall, and Vera Tucker definitely out for the season. Hall tore his ACL. Vera Tucker tore his triceps. Uh, Corey Davis still in limbo, but was the one jet who did not participate in practice today. He's kind of turned into Zach Wilson's favorite target, um, over the last two years of his jets tenure. Um, and then some other limited participants were Dwayne Brown, who another person on the offensive line, who they're going to, they're going to want to keep Zach Wilson upright. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, a rookie out of Miami. I have that right. Where'd he go? Who? Sorry, who is it again? Jermaine Jermaine Johnson, the DN. Yeah, Uh, Florida State. Florida State. Florida Florida State. State. Okay, yep, okay. Right conference, right state. Yes. Uh, And then, uh, so yeah, basically Corey Davis is the big one here. Did not participate. Has turned into Zach Wilson's uh, security blanket favorite target there. So uh, the Jets brought in, as we'll get to when we talk defense, they brought in James Robinson from the Jaguars. Uh, They're sort of – Platoon backup running back who was there with Travis Etienne. He's had a good season. Um, I don't know if he'll play. They haven't really mentioned anything. I'm sure they'll probably try and get him some reps as the 49ers did Christian McCaffrey last week. But uh, Jets are banged up. So any initial thoughts off their injury report?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what their offense looks like, especially if if Corey Davis can't go mm-hmm. Uh John Franklin Myers returned to practice today. That's obviously big. He's a, he's a very big part of what they do. Quincy Williams returned to practice today. So just kind of watching Corey Davis at this point, I think if they're without him, you know, then that all of a sudden, Elijah Moore is really in the spotlight after sitting out the game next week. And I know Robert Salah said today, they're on the same page, but it will be interesting to see that dynamic because that really gets put at the forefront, right? If Corey Davis is out, assuming
0: the Patriots can get a lead in this game and make the jets throw. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's where the Jets are at. Again, the Corey Davis thing, I, I mean, said it three times now, but it's huge because, again, Elijah Moore threw a bit of a fit last week, didn't end up playing in the game. Even though the Jets are winning, he wanted his targets. Um, but nobody was really getting targets in the games because they were running the crap out of the football with Reese Hall and Michael Carter. So right. when you win, it's tough to complain, but Elijah Moore did it, set out the week, looks like he's back on track for them. Um They'll also maybe have to look to a guy like Denzel Mims, who also requested a trade before the season, who has been subpar, to say the least, in his NFL career. But uh, And then Garrett Wilson will be in the receiver room, too. We'll, we'll break all that down when we get to defense. But that's the big injury on the Jets' side. Patriots-wise, um, we have three did-not-participates. David Andrews, who is still in concussion protocol. And with the current climate around concussions, I feel like he's probably going to end up being a no-go this weekend. It's already Thursday, and he hasn't touched the field. Christian uh, Barmore with the knee injury ended up practicing some last week didn't play and now is it didn't do a DNP. So uh, something to watch there. And then Kyle Duggar's ankle also a DNP.
1: Yeah. And I mean, those are two big playmakers in terms of, of Barmore and, and Duggar. And obviously Andrew's a big loss too on offense. And we'll get to right. him uh, later, but I Duggar specifically, I mean, this defense and we've talked about it on this mm-hmm. show. This defense looks so different when he's not on the field, especially when it comes to covering tight ends. The Jets got a couple of uh, really good tight ends and Tyler Conklin, who I believe is their leading receiver outside of, you know, they're throwing the ball to Brees Hall a ton, but I think he's yeah. their
0: second-leading receiver. Um, and C.J. Uzo, the Cincinnati Bengals. He's he third behind... Uh... Behind Garrett Wilson, but it was like okay. Davis Wilson and then Tom Conklin, who Conklin's got plenty of plenty of run, like you said, outside of uh,
1: right. And, and, and CJ Uzama's
0: a good player too. So that's that's what really right.
1: scares me. I mean, we just kind of talked about how Corey Davis leaving could hurt the offense, but if the Patriots can't cover tight ends, it's it's really not going to matter. So right. they've got they've got to figure something out there. And, and Duggar's been the answer, and if he's mm-hmm. not going to be on field, like Devin McCourty hasn't been able to man up tight ends this year. Jabril Peppers has struggled. We haven't seen Adrian Phillips really do it. he's usually pretty good at it. he He's on the injury report with a shoulder he's was limited he didn't he didn't finish the game last week so I don't know what his condition is after him I mean are you are you putting a corner on him or are you you know is it Mac Wilson's turn like they got to figure something out in terms of these tight ends because it does not you know like you said it doesn't seem like Kyle Duggars gonna play.
0: Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and live scores and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events Bet NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I mean, even last week they uh, they let up the ten quick points to the to the Bears and then, but they sort of had them in check a little bit when you know Zabby came in and they took their lead again and then it was like all of a sudden Duggar left the game and the floodgates opened for that Chicago right defense, or that. Chicago I mean, it was defense. a couple so, of plays yeah.
1: later. You had the the play where where Fields rolled around and hit Cole Komet over Devin McCourty deep down the right. sideline and that you know that was a major turning point.
0: Exactly. So, uh, huge loss with Duggar probably out. Uh, it's an ankle. I don't know. Has anything come out? High ankle sprain. I haven't heard a thing. No, um, I don't no. know. No, yeah. the
1: only guy we've heard news
0: on is Andrews, and he's in concussion protocol. Right. So, uh, yeah, two two playmakers there. Concussion uh, for Andrews as well out uh, along the offensive line. Some limited participation guys with Mike Onwenu yet again, and Isaiah Wynn is still on the rapport with a shoulder. So. Look, if Mac Jones, with Mac Jones now getting the start, they're going to want to keep him upright and get the run game going to get him comfortable, and it looks like that might be tough if three, potentially three of their offensive linemen are at least banged up at a minimum.
1: Yeah, this is going to be really tough to do offensively, and and you talk about it in the running game and the passing game as well. The the way the Jets' defense is constructed, right, they run that Seattle three. It's basically a version of, of what the Legion of Boom did, that's where Robert Salah's NFL coaching resume kind of begins. And the thing about that defensive structure is there's really not a ton of deceit to it. You know, you're not really hiding a lot. You're just kind of running what you run. And the idea is you find players who are perfect ski, who are ideal scheme fits who can run it at a high level. And you force the offense to also execute at a high level. Uh, you take away, it's taking away big plays first and foremost, you're forcing the other team to nickel and dime their way down the field. It's going to take 10, 15 plays to get there. And you basically dare them to go 10 or 15 plays without making a mistake. Part of that defense is, I mean, it's zone heavy. And it's, it's really just the whole field is set up with zones. These defenses don't blitz a ton. The jets blitz the second few at the second lowest rate in the league, just over 14%. The bears actually only the team that blitz less. Mm-hmm. So what that means is if you're going to play defense like that, you have to have a defensive line that can get home. You have to have a defensive line that can create pressure on their own. And the Jets have done that. They ranked 12th in in pressure rate. They ranked second in quarterback knockdowns. These four guys are getting there. Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers are the studs. And then you you have Carl Lawson and Sheldon Rankins are the other two, you know, four defensive linemen. Franklin Myers and Quentin Williams alone have combined for 30 pressures and eight sacks in seven games. They, the Patriots have to be able to slow down those four guys. They have to. And when the, you, you probably don't have your center, your, your chief communicator, mm-hmm. we don't know what the – we have no idea what the deal is at right tackle. Is Isaiah went healthy or is he not? If he is healthy, is he still the starter or is Marcus Cannon going to go over him, right? Michael and when who's banged up as well, like you said. And then you have Mac Jones, who's playing – has only played one quarter of football in the last month, who's also yeah. a key communicator in all of this. That's a tall task. That is a tall task, and, and that to me is where this game really can either the Patriots can make it a game or it can get out of hand away from them, based on what the offensive line does and how they do containing that front four for the Jets.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. A guy like again, like a guy like James Pharrins, who has to come in and be the chief communicator. Like he's done it in the past a little bit, but I mean he's not as he's not nearly as reliable as David Andrews. The, the center position, admittedly, has been very solid for the Patriots over the last decade plus with like oh yeah I mean they've been awesome even a guy like uh Ted Karras who would have to come in and kind of kind of run point for a while it was always solid but again losing Andrews who's been been a force on the front for them for forever since he was undrafted out of Georgia is tough loss same with the other guys again like the the Isaiah Wynn thing is it's it's wild because you don't know if it's I mean it's an injury but are they just kind of holding them there and keeping them there as they shop him you know as right. uh We'll we'll talk more trade deadline next week, probably at the beginning of next week with the deadline at four PM, but uh, on Tuesday. But uh, yeah, O line banged up, going to be tough. So, uh, anything else on the injury report that kind of caught your eye? Both receivers again, Agalor and Bourne limited. Um, Anthony Jennings made an appearance with a calf. No, it's uh, pretty just pretty much it. Just the just it's the offensive line standard practice, yeah. Um, and the defense, yeah, yeah. The I mean Phillips with the shoulder, and I mean John Jones will play, but he's he's on there with an ankle, so yeah. Uh, but the big ones, like we said, David Andrews, Christian Baumore Duggar, all did not practice, all probably not going to play. Um, right. So before we get into the offense defense, let's talk about our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media to post our openings, and it works like a charm. LinkedIn Jobs makes it super easy to post your openings. Then you just add your job and that purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience, so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 2022 is coming to a close here, so now's the perfect time to finish your year off right with a new team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering high-quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's talk offense because a little bit different, not so, not so much different, but feels like we need to uh, get something going with an offensive game plan here. Mac Jones is starting. The Jets' defense is pretty good, uh, probably the best defense they've played in the last the last several weeks. They have they have a bunch of guys. Um, they're letting up just under twenty points per game. Sauce Gardner, dominant rookie, looks like he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year if he stays healthy. CJ Mosley, Quinn Williams. I mean, you can go down the list, and these are just like, it sounds crazy, but they're big names, guys that have been like studs around this league for quite some time. You can, you can even get into. Um, LaMarcus Joyner and D.J. Reed, And, I mean, they have a bunch of guys that can play good football. So the, the Jets' defense is legit. Mack getting the start. Um, do they run this similar offense with Zappi Th- that they've been running with Zappi? Do they go back to this thing they've been trying with Mack? Uh, it sounds like by all accounts, or not that it sounds like, but you need to go back to that Zappi offense. And I wonder, yeah. essentially, if they're going to do it. What say you?
1: Well, I, I think they need to, especially with some of that play action stuff. I just talked a lot yeah. about how the offensive line is gonna have to slow down, you know, the front four. The best way to do that is with play action, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and make sure that they're using their eyes and they're actually going through and they can't just pin their ears back and go. So I yeah, I they we I've been saying it since week four. What they're doing with Zappy, they need to do with Mac because mm-hmm. they have Zappy has made that offense work. They have similar skill sets, but Mac is a little more elevated. That is how you unlock the offense, whatever this is they're trying to do with Mac with all these deep shots. And the other element of it is, and I kind of touched on it earlier, right? The Seattle three defense is designed to take away the big play, the Mac Jones offense is just big plays, It's just throws down yeah. the field. His average depth of target is
0: 10.6 yards, that's the second deepest in the league. The Jets defense that that's blows exactly- my mind. Just that that's, the 10.6 yards per carry that we're or yards per attempt that we're doing with Mac Jones second in the league when he right, does not have not his game. No, that's it's not, not his
1: game. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's ways to win with in a bits quarterback. Pieces, like that. Right. What blows my mind is how many people I've seen say, we well, get rid of Mac Jones and bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a worse version of Mac Jones. If you want, if you want to run this offense and you're upset, Mac Jones can't do it. Don't right. put Jimmy Garoppolo in it. Don't do that. That won't work. Anyway. The Jets want you to throw deep. The Jets want you to throw into their cover three with Sauce Gardner lurking back there and their safeties. That's exactly what they want you to do. And if the Patriots run the offense they've been running, that's exactly what's going to happen. The, the Patriots offense last year in, in the offense they run with Zappi this year and the way it worked for a number of years under Brady is predicated on the idea of use the, sh- use the short and intermediate parts of the field, take what the defense gives you. And basically, be, you know, play mistake-free, low-risk, mistake-free football. Take, take the high percentage throws until the defense doesn't let you anymore. Which is, by the way, exactly what the Seattle 3 defense is willing to give you, what the New York Jets defense is willing to give you. The idea is that then, either one of two things is going to happen. They'll let you sit underneath all day and, and, and throw, throw the, the quick slants and, and throw the drag routes and run the football and run screens. And you can just do that all day. And as long as you don't shoot yourself in the foot, you're going to do well enough offensively. The other thing that can happen is defense doesn't want to give that to you anymore. They creep up. And then that's when you throw the ball down the field. When they start stepping up to take away that short and intermediate, those short and intermediate mm-hmm. throws. That's what they did for years. Not every year, but a lot of the years under Brady. Some years, you know, Randy Moss, West, well, that offense was different, but right, that's what they did quite a bit under Brady. That's what they did in 2020, 2021 with Mac. And it's what they've done this year with Bailey Zappi. Why they want to get and I, By the way, I love that offensive system because. With the right it, guys. It enabled. It ena- well, here's the thing. I think there's a, most guys are scheme fits for that offense. I think right. it gives you a lot of flexibility with your personnel, with the way you attack. You can still be a game plan offense within that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have a guy with an arm like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes. It's it's you really just can't exclusively take deep shots. It's not going to work, right? There's three, four quarterbacks on the planet that can run that offense. There's a reason not everybody runs it. It's not because it's not successful. It's because it's not easy. The Patriots need to get back to that offense with Mac Jones under center. This is a great week to do it because the other defense is willing to give it to you. The Mm -hmm. cover three, the, the Seattle three defense, the New York Jets defense is willing to give it to you. And we can get into some specifics of how they can do that here in a little bit, but they need to go back to that general philosophy with Mac Jones because it's the, it's, what's going
0: to allow him to dig himself out of this hole. I mean, agreed hundred percent. And I think Michael Lombardi talked about it about uh, just take a profit. And I think Emmanuel Acho talked about it with, uh, with Justin Herbert, which it was a bizarre thing. He, he read some chargers coverage and it was, it was kind of wrong, but he, he used the term, which is which is my point here just take a profit you can't go matt Jones a profit. used that
1: term a lot last he, year haven't heard him he say used it used this year but he used it. it
0: a lot last year yeah it's like I, i'm just i'm kind of confused as to why like why the change like why the different offense like it's it just doesn't make sense to me it's almost we'll be down at gillette tomorrow and uh matt patricia's gonna talk to us friday morning and i kind of want to ask him the question I, I think i'm probably going to it's like Why the change? Like, what's what's going on? And try and you know, we'll back it up with some numbers, which we've talked about here. But like, it's it's the thing with Zappy. The the first drive, they run that leak play. It's like, why are we not running kind of game plan specific plays with Mac on on board? And why are we just chucking it downfield? It it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. You have an answer? (laughs) Like,
1: I did the million dollar question. That's kind of yeah. Funny,
0: I've I've talked to these people who
1: like are convinced Bailey's Bailey's app is a better quarterback than Mac Jones. And I try to explain to them uh, why it looks that way when it's not. And I've had this conversation with three different people and with all three people, it basically gets to the point where they say, well, then why don't they run that offense for Mac Jones? Like they think they have some gotcha. No, that's it. That's the, that's the whole, this is where we are. Right. That that question is the reason the answer to that question is the reason the season is where it is and why the franchise is where it is.
0: Yeah. is the answer to that question, which none of us know. Hopefully right. they know. It's... We'll see. But, yeah. I mean, again, hopefully hopefully, this is the week that they really, you know, it, it's been the last three weeks. It's Zappi with a good offense, Mac, and then Zappi with a bad offensive performance. And it's like, all right, all signs are kind of pointed to this is the direction we should go. Hopefully they take that direction this week against the Jets. Right. Um, you said we will get into we can get into a little bit more specifics on exactly how yeah. you want to attack this defense. We talked about it last week with the Bears, how they had a guy at all three levels. Um, it seems like the Jets certainly have that here with Quentin Williams on the line, C.J. Mosley in the middle, and Sauce Gardner, and uh, La- I mean, LaMarcus Joyner solid in the back, end. D.J. Reed, yeah. they, they have a good secondary. So they have guys at all three levels. Alex, how do we attack?
1: So I think first off, like I said before, you've got to upset the timing of of that de- of that the defensive linemen. So that's play actions, that's screens, that's draws, yep. those sort of concepts. Screens could be big this week. Screens could really be big. they they, they've got to work some of those in so that that's one of my keys the other cj mosley you can't really you just got to be aware of where he is there's no game plan element to it Mm -hmm. you just he's one of those guys where you got to know where he is on the field he's going to drop back into coverage he's going to rush the passer he's going to be in spies like he's going to be doing a little bit of everything the really interesting one to me and this is where the patriots can really have the advantage and maybe play the game that they want to is with sauce gardner because part of the seattle three is the cornerbacks don't travel. So right. like Richard Sherman, right? when they Sherman ran this was in a Seattle,
0: one, one side, correct. Yeah. Right.
1: When they ran the in Seattle, peak Legion of Boom years, Richard Sherman was the left corner over 90% of the time. I think it's like 97%. He lined up on the left side. And if they shrink that formation, he'll come in. When they have a guy all the way out of the boundary, he'll go out. But he is always going to be on the left side of the defensive formation. So to the right of the quarterback. Right. Right. What the Patriots used to do when they played the Seahawks was take their third or fourth receiver, whether it was Chris Hogan, whether it was Danny Medola, whether it was Philip Dorsett. They would take that receiver and just run him up the field. That guy would just run verticals all day. And basically, what they do is they take Richard Sherman 30, 35 yards up the field over here. And then over here, they just play 10 on 10 football. Scheme up right? the other side. Yep. that That's basically what it was. You have a great chance to do that again. Take Nelson Aguilar or Taquan Thornton. Put him out there on the right side of your formation. So that's the left corner for the defense. Is to the right of the offense. Right. That's where Sauce going to be. Put him on the right side of that formation. Just have him go. Just, just it's going to be wind sprints all day. Him and Sauce having foot races all day. Just let sounds that like Aguilar. Sounds like Aguilar might actually have a job this week, and he might right. be able to do it pretty well. <laughs> and then what you can do is you can come back on the other side and look. Jacoby Myers in the slot is obviously going to be a big part of what we do. Um uh, Michael Carter, they have two Michael Carters. Michael Carter is their slot corner as well as their running yep. back. Lamar Joyner may see some time there. Certainly exploit that with Jacoby. He's been excellent. But the real thing is, you have Devontae Parker, 6'3", 50-50 ball, big guy. And the, the deep balls to him, the 50-50 balls to him, have been their best deep shot the last couple of weeks. It, it wasn't great at the beginning of the year, and I was right. critical of it. But mm-hmm. – he had one against the Lions. He had one against the Browns. He even had that one last week from Bailey Zappi. Like, if they want to run that play, the corner on the other side of Sauce Gardner, you mentioned him, DJ Reed, is 5-9. Like, if you want to throw one up to Devontae Parker, they will give you 6-3 on 5-9. They're not going to have Sauce, who's 6-1, go over there and say, oh, no, you're putting your bigger number one receiver over there. We're going to put our big number one corner over there. That's not how they operate. They're gonna put the five nine guy over there with help with the safety over the top. You're gonna to have a chance to really exploit that 50-50 with Devontae Parker. If they have Devontae Parker lined up on the right side of the formation, so opposite sauce on the right. right side of the formation, and they try going deep to him on that side. If they do that once, it's one time too many. Just again, yeah. Play 10 on 10. Sauce over there, whatever. He's gonna like lock it. down whoever he covers. He's a very good player. Got those long arms, great instincts.
0: He's outstanding. Just I mean, the fact that we're sitting the fact that we're sitting here talking about a, def- a rookie on defense that we essentially need to take out of the game plan says all you need to know about Soskar. Oh yeah, he's but he's outstanding. Like ten on ten, like, or let him do that, and then ten on ten over here. You've got Devonte Parker guy,
1: guarded by a guy who's five nine. Take advantage yep. of that. Like yep, that should be. And it doesn't have to just be 50-50 balls. You run them on slants, use that natural separation, comebacks, mm-hmm. use his size the advantage. Should be a big game for Devontae Parker. That's it. That that to me is what that's what they would do back in the day. That's right. what they would do. Well, this year has been different, but that's how they would handle it back in the day.
0: Uh, what about the run game? Uh, do we establish the run again? We haven't oh, been yeah, able to no, do it lately. And Stevenson is they need another, they need a spell guy here again. Stevenson, again last week, way too many touches. Uh, we've talked about it. But, yeah, sorry, you were well, going to go into the run, just...
1: Yeah, sorry. So, I just... You hope Damon Harris is healthy. He played a little bit right. last week. You hope he can get a little more involved this week. They do need the spell guy. Thank you for saying that before I did, so I don't just sound like a cranky yes. old man yelling at a cloud. No, establishing the run is where this all starts. Like, I'm setting up the passing concepts there, but establishing right. the run is where this all starts. That Because you're going to, you know, make those defensive linemen play the run, they can't just pin their ears back and pass rush. Exactly. The, the issue is... You faced some really bad run defenses the last three weeks. Even Chicago's wasn't mm-hmm. great. Right. Jets are third in the league in run defense. Three point mm-hmm. nine yards per carry against. It's not gonna be that simple. So I'd love to see them with bring a back double those. line too. Yeah, I, I think you know it would be a great time. And again, this is something they've only done with Zappi. But I'd like to see them bring back some of that those six offensive line, the tackle eligible sets, whether that's Isaiah Wynn and Marcus Cannon, or maybe Yadni Kajus gets activated off the pre- or off IR. He, he returned to practice this week. I, I don't know if that's going to happen, but, you know, Ty Kwon was activated after one week, right? Some of that. Decent week to go back to 12 personnel, keeping tight ends, keeping running backs yeah. into block in the passing game. Uh, but, yeah, in the run, they, they have to establish the run, but it's not going to be as easy as it was against Cleveland in Detroit and as it sh- as easy as it should have been against Chicago. It's going to be an actual tall task this week, which is why, again, that play action, draws, things like that. Just anything to upset the timing up front. That's the name of this game. Upset the timing of the defensive front. If they can do yeah. that, it's going to make everything else easier. But it's easier said
0: than done. Of course. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the name of the game. It sounds easy. I feel like we've been a brokered record on this show for the last three weeks on just kind of how they have to attack on offense. But yeah. It's how it it works against these types of defenses. Um, Ultimately, they just need to, I mean, it it, it sounds silly the way to say it like this, but they need to just outscore whatever the Jets are going to have to do because I think defense is how the Patriots win this game uh, if we want to get into the defense now because for all the Jets have been on offense, Zach Wilson hasn't been great and he hasn't really been asked to do anything. It's been mainly their run game. um Brees Hall set the tone for them running the ball he ran for like I think it was 90 yards over 100 and then he had 72 on like four carries last week before he tore his ACL so I mean he was just they were just pounding the rock with Brees Hall and uh I just I think the defense is like this is another week where they have to really bounce back and I think they could do it on a team that is banged up on offense and just lost their running back uh this like this is a my point here, sorry to kind of jumble of my words, but it's a huge bounce back spot for them on with a struggling offense in front of them.
1: Yeah, and, and by the way, when when Zach Wilson has been asked to do stuff, he's struggled. Right. Um, and that's so so this is my big key when the Patriots are are on defense, is he can't he can't handle the blitz. He just does not know what he's looking at. He panics. Yeah. They're down, you know, a couple of linemen here. Elijah Vera Tucker's out for the season. They've got other guys who are banged up. Blitz them, get in his space, get yeah. aggressive. For that to work, you have to be able to single cover across the board. Now, what their wide receivers are going to look like this week in terms of who's playing is going to be interesting. We don't know about Corey Davis, right. Elijah Moore. Like, what what is his deal? He's probably going to play, but to what extent? How you know? How locked in is he going to be? Garrett Wilson's you know,
0: he's good for rookie. He's fast. hes I think he ran like a 4-3. That feels like a John Jones matchup. That that feels like
1: a John Jones or a Marcus Jones matchup. Yep. Yeah. Um, Cross that out and
0: man up the rest of the way.
1: Right. The the point is you got to be able to lock these guys up man for man. I I think man blitz is the way to go. The problem is, like, I think they can take care of the wide receivers in that scenario. But I talked about this before. It's the tight ends. Mm -hmm. Can the Patriots, and and, and I, I do have the numbers here. I pulled them up. Tyler Conklin is the second most targeted player on the Jets. Garrett Wilson is 53 targets, then Tyler Conklin, then Corey Davis, who might be out. So that target yep. share could increase, could go up. Oh, by the way, Brees Hall's fourth. So even more reason mm. that target share is gonna go up. Is it? Yeah, you know, I, I I don't think I don't think it's Devin McCourty. They'll probably try it. I, I I've yeah. seen enough of Devin McCourty trying to man up yeah. tight ends this year. It's not gonna happen. I talked about this before Adrian Phillips is banged up. If he's healthy, that's the guy I would go with maybe if you peppers? feel good enough about the peppers, maybe he's kind of been on and off on that. He got beat against Baltimore a couple times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you feel really good about the corner match, about the wide receiver corner matchups, and they will do this on occasion. Maybe it's Jalen Mills. Maybe it's Jack Jones, yeah. but that that's the one to me. If they can cover the tight end properly and get, you know, get pre- get pressure with the blitz and mm-hmm. then cut, make sure the tight ends are manned off and I trust them to cover the wide receivers that that's what it is. You know, again, getting an early lead helps to take away the run, but I'm actually not too worried about them against the run this week. I know that sounds blasphemous after the last game, but what killed them was the quarterback runs. Some of these right. jet sweeps, like really creative. Uh, we talked about on the last show, the sideline to sideline 53 and a third running plays. Jets might add some of that if they're smart, you know, seeing what the bears did last week, but, Most of their running game is pretty traditional. You know, pick the the gap, hit the gap. They're running off tackle at the furthest out. They're not really going all the way out to the sideline. The Patriots have been good against that running game this year. It's when non-running backs run the ball or you start incorporating motions and and, and double moves and things like that that they struggle. Jets' running game is pretty vanilla. So it's good. They're very good at what they do. I, I don't mean to say vanilla. They're bad, but... It's kind of like their defense.
0: It's basic. They're, they're, yeah. not, they're,
1: they're not hiding a lot. The reason they're good is not because they're going to confuse you and show you all the stuff you haven't seen before. It's because they're going to execute what they do at such a high level. You have to match that to be able to stop them. I trust them to be able to stop that kind of rushing attack. They've been able to stop that kind of rushing attack again so far this year. It's the non-traditional
0: stuff that's screwed with them. So well, the stop two the main guys and then cover the tight ends. The two main guys on their rushing attack that have been, you know, dominant from them for them the last three weeks are now out oh, in Brees hall and Tuck. tucker like right yeah michael well, carter I mean, offensive of michael carter dominant are, run stopper and christian barmore so we no can of course that out. yeah okay fair but I, and again like my point no, here was point. like it's a good point right but they still do have michael carter who was who's a really good running back who was good last year and has been not splitting carries with hall but was sort of the starter and was you know getting the getting reps at back um to start the season and was effective. And then they bring in James Robinson too, so who is a good back who I think they're going to give carries to. But uh Vera Tucker's tough on the front as well. Um even in past past situations, like you mentioned with Zach Wilson and how they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Wilson is like mobile-ish. He's like flashy and can kind of move around in the pocket, but he's not a threat to run the football anywhere past like five yards downfield, really. So I'm not I'm too worried to about that. About him.
1: I'm a okay. little worried about him. I, you know, everybody keeps saying, "Oh, they can't stop running quarterbacks," but oh, we'll deal with that when we get to Josh Allen. We'll deal with that when we get to Kyler Murray. Wilson can move around a little. I, I think people underrate how well yeah. he really can move. He's not Lamar Jackson. No. I, my my term form coming out of the draft and Mike, I don't know if you start if you watch this show all the way back then was Mormon Manzel. Like, okay, they're not going to call design runs, and he's not exactly like the fastest guy.
0: Johnny's a, better, Johnny's a better mobile quarterback. I'm, I'm Ohio, not a big Zach Wilson no. guy. He's
1: a crafty runner. He finds space where you don't think there's space. That's the one thing he's really good at. I also – I mean, a, part of the reason I called him Mormon Manziel is because I think he throws the ball like Johnny Manziel does. Like, I don't yeah, – yeah, I had him ranked as my here. sixth quarterback last year. Okay. So – but I – if they give him – so here's – like, I don't think that those – Quarterbacks let them scheme
0: run with Zach Wilson. Like if they're going to do that, the Patriots can. Well, that's it. what I. That's what I was just going to say. Okay. Like building well, off this, and sorry to cut you off. Go first. Go.
1: No, I would just say what worries me is like go back to the third and fourteen, right in that game against the Bears, where they drop back into man coverage, and there's nobody within twenty yards of Justin Fields. Right, and he runs for twenty one yards, and picks up the first down. That play, I think. Draw. Uh, I, I. I think Zach Wilson can make that play. I worry about him making. He may not make it. Every time like right. Zach, like, like um, Justin Fields did. But I think he can make it enough that you got to at least be, a, you, I don't know that they need to leave a spy, but you can't just willy nilly pin your ears back and let him break contained. Cause he'll take right. advantage of that again.
0: Yeah. Enough. I, again, I want to say it. I, he does not run like Johnny ran, but I, I, I like the Mormon Manziel talk. It's because it's a, it's a fun nickname, but B, they do kind of throw the ball the same, but well, it came I would from just...
1: everybody. Was called he did the you do you know what the throw is? I'm going to start getting you ready for draft season, yeah. On show. Yeah, do you know what the throw is? What's the throw the man, the in terms of draft effort? talk? No, so oh, the throw, oh, oh yeah, like the cross it, body. All these guys come out at their pro day and they're in shorts and a t shirt and they run this way and then they run this way and then they throw yeah. the ball across their body. That throw has very little practical application when evaluating quarterbacks yet every guy makes it and the clip goes out on Twitter Everybody goes look at this like who else can make right. that throw literally everybody does it at their pro day like hey, K- Kellen Mond did it Matt Jones did it Zach Wilson did it Josh Allen did it Patrick Mahomes right. did it I'm sure Joe Flacco did it back in the day like <laughs> everybody did it anyways like he made the throw at his pro day as again mm-hmm. every quarterback does Oh. And I, all of a sudden, do you remember this? It was Mormon Mahomes. That's what everybody was saying yes. was Mormon Mahomes. So my retort to Mormon Mahomes was, "No, Mormon Manziel." Okay.
0: Anyway, that's where that now it comes makes from. sense. Well, my point as far as like how they can scheme this up with Wilson is, I mean, you look at vanilla offenses and vanilla offensive coordinators, like a guy like Patricia, who does not seem to really fully understand the how to scheme something up, or even joe lombardi in la los angeles who has one of the best like one of the most skilled quarterbacks in the league and Justin Herbert, and they basically don't do like any play action or they all they do is shotgun and four wide and throw it deep well if mike lafleur who is a good offensive mind who's a part of that shanahan tree they're good at offensive mind they know they might not be great head coaches as alex will say but they you're know how like, to they wrong. No, you're not right that's we we for the we've most that. part. But, look, there's there's
1: exceptions to the rule, but it that's my, an all season thing. Yeah.
0: Right. The point is, Mike LaFleur knows how to call an offense, and if he's smart, he will realize the skill set, the limited but skill set he has in Zach Wilson. Watch the film from last week and say, okay, we need we can take advantage of the Patriots not being able to cover quarterbacks who are athletic. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just my point. They they have a smart enough coaching staff, uh, looks like a competent coaching staff, where that, that might be a problem here, so they just need to make sure that they know that Zach Wilson might be able to run on them. Yeah, um,
1: yeah just be aware of it.
0: Yeah, defense is how you win this game, though. I think that, that they have the tools there, because, again, man up those wide receivers, even if they can't cover a guy like Tyler Conklin. I mean, Tyler Conklin, he kind of looks like an offensive lineman out there playing tight end, but he's good. So it's it almost looks silly, because saying, he's just like, like you, this. You weren't
1: worried about Robert Tunyon. I, I know. He got a I big know. one on. I'm like, here we go again. Are you sure you want to go down
0: this road? I know. It's just Tyler Conklin doesn't – he doesn't scare me. Uzoma scares he, me more than Tyler Conklin.
1: Uh, honestly, same. Hon- I, yeah. I, I don't know why they're not playing Uzoma more. Maybe this is the I week. I know. Um, yeah, yeah. Uzoma, that, that dude can play. He's at right. like I, – when I went – You know, I, I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore. When I went on Tuesday and I looked at the splits, I was really surprised how little they're throwing him the ball. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's something there that you know we just don't know. Not being around the team every day, but right. yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah,
0: um, so that's kind of the recipe, offensive and defensively. Um, if we want to, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on the defense before we kind of do? We can get into some, we can get into some Q and A uh, if you guys want to fill up the chat with some questions as we kind of wrap this up. But uh, any any final thoughts, offensive defensively? I'll give a, a prediction and a pick after uh, you. If you got any thoughts um, after.
1: Offensively and defensively, this is normally where I squeeze my special teams thought in. Yeah, we can do
0: special too. Let's kind of just wrap up the wrap up the game as a whole as we get some Q and A's in here.
1: Um, Braid Man's a good punter. I'll say that. It's gonna be field position game. Braid Man, Jets punter's a really good punter. So uh, we already talked about about Jake Bailey struggling. Yeah. So I, I said my piece on that. But good. There's my so, special teams thought.
0: Good. Max starting. Call it like you did with Zappy. Sounds like the name of the game. Iso Sauce Gardner on the opposite side and throw away from him. Defensively, get after Zach Wilson with some blitz and watch out for the tight ends, and you can man up these corners. I mean, these wide receivers with your corners. Uh, I have a full prediction with players to watch on CLNSMedia.com that was posted today, so you guys can check that out. However, I will give you my prediction and pick. The Jets are one and a half point favorites this week. Kind of makes sense because the Jets are actually pretty damn good this year, but I ultimately think that the Patriots get it done this week. I think they're going to I think they're going to handle them on defense and then the offense is just going to have to score some pull, score their points, get it done, scheme it up with Mac. I finally trust Patricia here in the spot for some reason. I don't know why, but I yeah, think that's that weird. all this t- it's it, I feel like I know it is. It's it's silly, but I feel like they're going to, you know, they're going with Mac, they're in their one direction. Um it just it feels like this is the week where, you know, everyone's talking bad about them. It's crazy. The malpractice and yada 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 and i feel like they bounce back so take the pats plus one and a half and i also like the under of 40 and a half because i don't think the jets are going to score many points oh us. no
1: there, there's gonna be no points in this game not yeah,
0: yeah. Brees, without Brees hall without vera tucker it's gonna be no offense from the uh i don't think the jets are gonna be able to score because i think the defense nine three nine three game at best i mean this a, is a win's
1: a win we're talking about you know iowa rutgers here uh um, yeah my my overall thoughts on the game Everybody's kind of touting the Jets' record five and two, their win streak. And look, I know it's a cliche. It is hard to win in this league. Mm -hmm. Let's look at their win streak here for a bit. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 24-20. That's not a good team. That's not a good Pittsburgh team. And frankly, I was surprised to see that the Steelers scored 20 points on this Jets defense. They blow out Miami 40-17 with backup quarterbacks. They beat the Packers 27-10, which... I still sort of think is impressive. I still think it's impressive holding Aaron Rodgers to 10 points, but this isn't Aaron Rodgers. Like clearly it's not not your father's Packers team. Right. And then last week they go on the road, they beat Denver 16 to nine with a backup quarterback, Brett Rippin, Mark Rippin, Dave Rippin, whoever it was. They needed two last minute pass breakups. They got a pass breakup in the end zone on a fourth down. Couldn't run with like two thirty to go. Couldn't run the clock out and and almost got beat again and had, you know, sauce had to make another incredible play there at the end to beat a very bad, very bad Broncos team without Russell Wilson. So I, you know, I kind of look at it. Patriots are probably the second best or third best team. The Patriot, the the Jets have played on this stretch, right? They're better than the Broncos. They're better than the Steelers. I still think it's a toss up with Miami, especially because that backup Miami quarterback, right? I think right. this is a measuring a measuring bar for, for both teams. Both teams have, you know, beaten bad teams. You know, what have the Jets done against the truly good teams? Well, they lost to the Ravens and they lost to the Bengals. So I think not that the Patriots are on those teams' levels, but I think if the Jets win, puts a little more legitimacy behind what they're doing right now, especially because you get that monkey off the back and them beat the Patriots since twenty fifteen and all of that.
0: And if What's the, the Patriots
1: Uh, I think think 12 Um, 12 straight yeah and if if the Patriots win I think it kind of cancels out some of that doom and gloom and puts some of what the Jets have done in perspective so I honestly think this game's more about the Jets than the Patriots in terms of you know what it means for the Patriots it's just getting your head back above water if they lose all hell breaks loose but it kind of feels like we're teetering on that anyway I don't know that that's necessarily about the Jets I think they could be playing anybody short of maybe the Bills and the Chiefs this week and we'd feel that way Whereas for the Jets, it really feels like this goes one of two ways. You have five wins in a row, getting ready to take on the Buffalo Bills. Like that—that—that's big boy football. And I don't know the last yeah. time the Jets played big boy football. They haven't had a four-game winning streak in seven years. It's the first time in seven years they've won four games in a row. What if it, they, since they lose? The Patrick
0: year probably
1: since twenty fifteen. Since the last time they beat the yeah. Patriots. If they lose, it's well, all right. They lost to a Patriots team that's kind of reeling. Let's you know, it's kind of like what the Patriots' winning streak was at the middle of last year, where they rattled off all those wins and it was great. And you felt like they were building something and it probably was a sign they were at the time, but they're still
0: not on that next level yet. So that's my overall overall view on it. Yeah. Well, again, we'll see. They all feel like must wins at this point in the season because this AFC is just a jumbled mess. And yeah, I mean, a, it's going to be as close to 500 team at the end that makes like the six and seven seed. So you just got to play, you got to play football. You got to win, you got to win the games that you should win. And I feel like this is a game they should win. Um, Q and a time, Alex, what do you think? Yep. yep, Let's do it. All right. I got uh, one. I got one right off the bat here. And how short, how short is max leash this week? Does he have a leash? Because again, I said it from the top. It feels like Belichick is still being kind of sheepish on like, What's up with the quarterback position? And he's not—he's not backing up Mac entirely here. And I know, it sounded like he said he's going to start, and the report comes out from Yates, and I get it. But reports came out last week too that Mac was going to start, and he did start, and then they pulled him at some point. I mean, he talked about it being injury related, and now his injury's done, and he's taking the reps. So, do you think he has a short leash? Do you think he has a short leash? I actually don't, simply okay. because.
1: There, there is no more, oh, we pulled him because of the injury. Like, if he gets pulled right. in this game, he was benched. And then, and I wrote about this on 98.5, the sports dot uh, .com earlier today, Max said on Wednesday he believes he deserves to be the starter for the team. I agree with yep. him. I laid out why. One of the reasons, once he's not, once you legitimately pull him, and I, I don't necessarily buy that he was pulled last week because of the injury or that he wasn't ready or whatever, but – you at least had that, they had that excuse there. You can present it that way. They right. can't present it that way this week. They can't present it that way going forward, short of him getting hurt again, obviously. Once he's gone, he's gone. You can't yeah. go back to Mac Jones, right? Once you bench him, that's it. And then one of other two, one of either two things happens. You're riding with Bailey Zappi and banking on his development, which it's not really that different of a spot you're in with Mac Jones. Now, the fact you'll run an offense that actually suits him certainly helps his (laughs) development, but that's not a Mac Jones issue. That's a you issue. The other thing that happens is Zappi doesn't pan out. And look, I'm a big Bailey Zappi guy, but even I thought coming out of the draft, he was a year or two away. And I still believe that. I think he's going to have a long successful career in the NFL here or elsewhere, but he's not a starting NFL quarterback yet. And forcing him into that role is only going to stun his growth. Well, all right. So you sat Mac, you can't go back to him. Zappi's not the guy. Now it's January, 2020 all over again. And it's, you know, or or sorry, January, 2021 all over again. And, you know, you've just moved on from Cam Newton and you're going back in the draft and you have to find that guy. And there, I've talked about this a lot. When you draft a quarterback, it's really a five-year window. They're in year two of that five-year window right now. That goes back to zero. And that has long ranging implications beyond the quarterback position because Switching quarterback, like, you need the quarterback first. When you do a rebuild, that's the first box you have to check. If they go back to unchecking that box, you're, like, a year or two before you can really start to put this thing together again. What does that mean? It means guys like Matthew Judon, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, guys like Kyle Duggar, guys who are on, like, one- or two-year contracts— Suddenly, those contracts expire before your true compete window. Now those right. guys become expendable. Now it's a full-on rebuild. So I, I understand why some people think Max should have a short leash. I totally get it. And there right. will be a time where that is true. Doing that right now is really, really, really playing with fire. You have to be willing to commit to going, again, remember how we all felt at the end of the 2020 season. That's what you're committing to going back to. Yeah. If you're gonna pull Mac here. And is there, it worth it after three and a half games of just absolutely setting him up to fail, that you're willing to say, hey, this kid, Mac, is the reason
0: this isn't working.
1: That's yeah. basically what it comes down to. There
0: there's a there's a very big butterfly effect that could happen if you bench Mac in this spot. Benching him last yeah. week, wh- whether it was a benching or due to injury, at least there was some sort of excuse slash like story behind it being again being the injury not like now that he's fully healthy and is able to go full go you have to back him or you don't and it's not just like oh we pull him this week and we try it again next week like no this is this is a this has a lot of implications going going forward so I don't think his leash is that short either however the Belichick comments still kind of are strange for me because he he's not committing long term to back right now and but,
1: and, and I'll, 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 so I'll add a couple things like you said I, that that's my piece on you can't go away from him right now. If Bill doesn't think he's the guy and Bill's committed to a rebuild, like I just laid out that whole disaster plan. If Bill's fine going in that direction, then yeah, the leash probably is pretty short. Right. I can't imagine Bill this close to catching Shula would want to do that at 71 right. years old, but he might. Yeah, the other element of it is I don't want to come across as saying Max Teflon. There will be a, a, a time when it, you do have to decide whether or right. not he's the guy you want to go with long-term. That is much later this season and realistically in the off season when we, you know, let's see where they're picking in the draft. Let's see which quarterbacks declare for the draft and which quarterbacks don't let's see which quarterbacks decide to go to free agency. Let's see what it meant that Tom Brady was at Robert Kraft's wedding. Like we'll have all those conversations in the off season. Having them now is just, you can, you can afford to have all those conversations in the off season. So why not use the time you have now to see if you need to, or see if Mac Jones can rebound, giving him a shot to not giving him a shot to fight for his job, just because it you was know, a fan. You're looking at it. Cause he threw a couple picks, some of which by the way, were not his fault, right? Which people are kind of pointing out with Zappy. I don't know why we can't realize that with Mac. There will be a time when it comes to determine whether or not this is Mac's job, right. making that decision right now for the sake of just doing it now. Doesn't help you that that talk. And trust me, we will have those conversations. We'll have them on this show. I'm sure they will be had on other shows. I'll yep. use this as a shameless plug. We'll have it on the sports sub Patriots podcast. We'll have it on catch 22 with Evan Lazar on Patriots.com. We'll have those conversations in the off season. There, there's not a, a huge reason to have those conversations right now.
0: Agreed. You have the rest of the season. Let's go to the next yep. one. Cause I like this one. All right. You see the Pat's making any trades before the deadline. I wrote about this, and I can kind of hit it real quick before I let you get into it. I wrote about some trade bait pieces uh, this week on seehonestmedia.com just because if the Patriots do lose this weekend against the Jets, you kind of get into, okay, are we buying or selling, right? Do, do right. you go after a guy who's on an expiring contract to bring him in for you know a run at the postseason, or do you start selling guys who are on expiring contracts who you can try and get some value for? If they do lose against the Jets, I think there are some guys that they would really consider selling. One of which is Damian Harris, I think, which is another question here. I'll it was I'll kind of pop that up real quick too just give Todd some love here. Is Damian is Damian Harris really trade bait? I think if they lose this week, Harris should be trade bait because he's a running back on his last uh last year of his deal who they're not going to re-sign because you just don't re-sign running backs in this league unless Harris wants to take some Crazy low deal because he'll get paid elsewhere. Something that he's worth. I think Damian Harris is a trade bait guy because he's on last last year. Um, Isaiah Win could potentially be there as well. I think that uh tackle depth in the league right now is so thin, and he doesn't really seem to have a place here right now. Whether it's his injury or because Marcus Cannon looks to be pretty solid at the position, so I think it wins another guy who they could trade. I have a couple more, but uh what do you think about at least Harris and Win, and you can kind of go into it from there. I'm just
1: nervous about trading Harris because. If Look, if they're going to trade Harris and suddenly Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris or J.J. Taylor steps into the rotation, fine. It's probably a good trade. I'm actually not totally 100% on the boat that they won't pay Damian Harris. I think he's a guy that okay. has become a very important voice in that locker room as a leader in that locker room. And that may supersede his position. And, yes, they never pay running backs. But but that there may be more value in his leadership ability. Um, where I just they don't do like that. With him. And I have I, a hard I time do, justifying it. I do think he's a guy that would maybe take a little less to stay here. You know, he's very, I like, well, yeah. It's, some of that depends on Mac Jones. He's very close friends right. with Mac Jones. He's been close friends since high Mac. school. So, or, or since college. So I, you know, I'm not rolling that out. That being said, yeah, if you can get something legitimate for him, as long as you're willing to give JJ Taylor, Kevin Harris, or Pierre Strong Harris, because you, if you trade Damien Harris and then you run Ramondre Stevenson into the ground this year, and then all of a sudden you get back next year and he's
0: cooked – that's going to look really, really, really stupid. Well, and at that point, you're that's by the way, you cell mode. So, like, sorry, I'll, if, at that point, you're sort of in your cell mode. Not, not that you're going to tank or that you don't care about wins, but it's like, okay, if we do have to give a guy like JJ Taylor or Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris carries here, it's okay because he's still taking the load off from off Ramondre. As Even long if as they're they, getting two yards a pop, it's like you as, need to you
1: need to still spell right. Ramondre. As long as they am willing to do that, give Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong the carries, like, more so than J.J. Taylor. Get those guys ready, because then you're going to need them next year, right? I'm all for that. I am all for that. Um, The other thing, though, is, like, and and this is more with, I'll I'll get an Isaiah one in a second. He's kind of his own thing. Yeah. With, like, Damian Harris, because people are so infatuated with Ramondre Stevenson, and with Nelson Aguilar, because people just are sick of him. Trade him! Trade all! Get rid of him! Sell it For what? Like, people just want these guys like off the team. It's not, you know, you're not saving it again. Wins are different. You're not saving a ton of cap space with any of these other trades. And even if you do save a couple million, it's the middle of the season. Who are you signing? So you're not opening up money. You're not necessarily going to get a ton for a lot of these guys. Think about the deals that go down at the deadline. You're not trading Von Miller. Okay. You're not, these are sixth and seventh round picks. They're pick swaps. If you do manage to turn it around, running back depth, wide receiver depth, those are going to come in handy. They are. So the, the last thing, and I say this with every team, I say this with the Red Sox, as with the Celtics, every time we do a deadline, trading players just for the sake of trading them, just for the sake of getting them off your team is never a good idea. It just right. doesn't work, right? Yeah. If you're going to trade a player, there should be a purpose behind it. Either you get a really good offer or – you know, a guy on a multi-year deal and you want to get that money off the books in the future. Now, okay, now that makes more sense. Doesn't apply to Damian Harrison. Nelson Aguilar would apply to a guy like Kendrick Bourne would apply to a guy like Devontae Parker. Right. I just, I I hate the concept of this guy sucks. Trade him. It's not that simple. It's never that simple. Isaiah Wynn's a little different. Isaiah Wynn, like you said, does not have a place on this team. I, for one, think he was benched last week. I think they they, yeah. they made him inactive so that, you know, to save face because the deadline's coming up. But I think had he been healthy, Marcus Cannon still starts that game. You trade Isaiah Wynn, you actually do open up a legitimate amount of money. I think it's like $5 million. Yeah. And you open up, and I, I don't know the exact details. You can go find Pat's cap on Twitter. But basically, some of the money you would open up by trading Isaiah Wynn actually carries over to next year. That would also be the case with Nelson Aguilar, but with Aguilar, it's a negligible amount. With Wynn, I think it's actually a couple million dollars. I think it's like two and change. That's not insignificant. The other thing is, and Mike, you touched on this, it's it's a seller's market right now when it comes to offensive linemen. That's not right. the case for wide receivers. That's not the case for running backs. You're going to trade the player for less than they're worth. With Isaiah Wynn, you might actually get like a fourth or fifth round pick just because teams are so, so desperate. For offensive linemen, so if he's not going to start here, you actually do open up money, which isn't the case with the other guys, and you can get something for him like that one. I'm more in on the one caveat being, and this is easy. This is easy. They only had two tackles dressed last week with Win inactive. It was Marcus Cannon right and Trent Brown? Right. The only other tackle on the like under contract with the team eligible to play this year is Yadni Kajus, who's on IR. You can't you can't have two tackles and frankly you can't right. have three if they're Marcus Cannon Yachty, Kajust, and Trent Brown because all those guys are injury prone. You right. gotta somehow some way add another tackle to the roster. That's very easy to do and I you don't have to go out you know and get prime Orlando Pace. You've just got to right. add a body at the position. They don't have any on the practice squad right now. You got to bring somebody in from the outside. As long as they do that, Wins the one guy I can get on board with with. Yeah, all right. Let's you know, let's get this guy moved because it, it it makes a ton of sense.
0: Right. I I agree completely. I think those are those are the kind of guys that you look at. Um. Another question here that I think is interesting, and it's something we touched on when we talked about the offense. Just Mac hasn't seemed to be the same since last year's Bills game. How do you boost his confidence? Well, first of all, you don't do it by benching him and to Zappy chance. But this week, you let him make a profit, take a profit, ease him into it, establish the run, play action, short throws, scheme up Devontae Parker, whether it be a, a a crossing route to Jacoby Myers. Like, you, you use the guys to their advantage, and you make it easy on Jones for the first quarter, the first two drives even, and you get him going that way. You boost his confidence. You see completions. You see the ball go through the hoop. That's how you boost confidence, even early in a game, and then you can start to incorporate the downfield run. But you you gotta you can't do what you did last week and just spread them out and throw. You you run the offense like you did with Happy. That's that's the way you boost Max confidence. I'd even say more simple than that: run an offense he's comfortable in. He's not
1: comfortable right. in what they're running right now. He's comfortable right. in what Bailey's Happy's running. Let him run an offense that he's comfortable in. Let him let him run an offense that works with his skill set. That's simple. Yeah. Alex. Should the Patriots nope. draft a punter this year? They might need to. Yeah, uh, Troy Taylor is really good out of Iowa. There's the kid whose name I'm blanking on out of uh, Tulsa who had a 91-yard punt last week. Um, they might need to. They might. They do need a draft to draft a kicker. I, I. I. I don't like. I'm so year or not draft, but like bring in. It can be a UDFA. They need to have somebody ready to go behind Nick Folk. Nick folk has been amazing. But man, he's thirty-seven. It's a fickle yeah. business. Um, we're gonna do we're we're gonna do special team stock during the draft, both kicker and punter. Don't you yeah. worry. That's that's gonna be a conversation.
0: Uh, someone continues to ask if and they want your opinion on it. And yeah, yeah, here it is. They've asked this like fifteen times. Jerry Judy, the Patriots. Alex, what are your thoughts on it?
1: Oh, I, I mean, I'd be great. I, I would be excellent. I, I'm a huge Jerry Judy guy. I'm on record mm-hmm. as saying I thought he would be. Uh, the best receiver out of Alabama in Nick Saban's tenure, and I know that that Julio Jones played for Nick Saban. I, I really think highly of Jerry Judy, and he's spent unfortunately the beginning part of his career in a horrible situation. Yep, Patriots, a better situation right now, mm, not by much. Um, that'd be great. I, I don't know what it would take to get him, probably a lot. I don't know the Patriots yeah. who only give that up right now. Um, when he's a free agent in a couple of years, absolutely make the call 1 million percent. Um, yep. I will be pounding the table for that. But
0: until then, uh, it's just a, it's just a pipe dream for me. Okay, really quick last one because we got to get moving here. We're going to gonna, gonna get into a Boston sports minute, but yeah. this was originally going to be in the college football minute that we ended up canning. Will Bama make the finals? I was going to do a let's redo our top four seven weeks in. Um, I think that Bama has a chance here um, if they can just win out and win the games they win, which I think they probably will. What say you? SEC champion Bama gets into the playoff. Yeah. So that
1: means they have to beat Ole Miss this week. Or sorry, they have to beat LSU this They play LSU and Ole Miss the next two weeks. I forget what order it is. Those are the three one-win teams in the SEC West. If they win those two games, they're in the conference championship, they get a shot to either play Tennessee again or play probably number one Georgia. Oh, That win puts them in. If they lose one more game, maybe maybe if they lose in the SEC championship to an unbeaten team whether that's Tennessee or Georgia if they lose in the SEC championship to an unbeaten team and things go ass up in the Pac12 and things go ass up in the Big12 then maybe but i think they need to win the SEC to do it that being said yeah. can they do it yeah i think they can i think they can they can beat Ole Miss they can beat LSU I like them again against Tennessee. And honestly, right. I don't know about this Georgia team. That that Missouri game was don't get me wrong, like they're excellent. They're a great team. But right. that that when we're talking about like the number one team in the country, if I didn't do my rankings right now, I'd have Tennessee number one. I would. I, I just think they're
0: You're playing good ball.
1: Georgia's it, Georgia and I know the scores maybe don't reflect it as much. Georgia's had some slow starts this year. Georgia's had a couple m- minutes where, like, you kind of see that national championship uh, uh, hangover sitting there. Tennessee's just pedal to the metal, man. That that team is fun to watch. So I also and look, don't if,
0: trust Stenson Bennett like I do Hooker and Stroud and oh, Of course, and Young, of course. So like. um,
1: if if Alabama's one loss is to a Tennessee team that they then came back and beat as the number one ranked team in the SEC championship. It's kind of hard not to put them in, right? That's basically right. what happened last year with, uh, with Georgia. So exactly. it, they, I, I, I think they will, but I, I just hope I I'm, I'm done with Georgia. Like great story, great team, yeah. ton of talent, all that been there, done that. I want Alabama, Tennessee. I want that rematch, whether it's in the sec championship, whether it's in the college football playoff, I want another Alabama, Tennessee game because that game was awesome.
0: I'm also a huge Bryce young guy. So I want to see him win an Addie because he didn't last year. Okay. Fair. Um, So that's that for Q and a, um, that's that for Patriots jets. Um, but we have some breaking ish Bruins news today. So let's change the, let's change the backer here. Did I say this tonight? I meant this morning. You said this morning Uh, I was going to, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Brad Marchand is back for the Boston Bruins. After hop- off season, hip surgery uh, was expected to be out to like the middle to end of November. I think earlier this week, Jim Montgomery had said that uh, it was going to be closer to Thanksgiving. And then all of a sudden he comes out today and says, Marcian is back. Um, the Bruins are rolling. They're six and one. They're the best team in hockey right now. Uh, it's early, but they're playing really solid. I think Linus Olmark is undefeated in starts. Swayman yeah. was the one Swayman kind of uh, lost ahead. the one game. Yeah. Yeah, um, but he's starting tonight against Detroit, who's in town. But what do you think of Marshawn back? I, I mean, it's a good sign that he's back and healthy, but are they rushing him back too quick on a team that's already kind of rolling? Yeah, and what, one assist already, by the way. The Bruins are up one nothing. Um, oh, yeah.
1: I, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about it. Like, why? They didn't need to bring him back right now. They didn't, and it's, it's hip surgery, man. Like, you're not playing around with that. So, right. I'm sure he wanted to get back out there. I'm sure he gave his pitch to the team doctor, but we'll see I I you know my whole takeaway coming away from that last game was oh they're going to be able to just kind of ease these guys back in Marshawn and McAvoy and nice easy landing all that nope Marshawn's back so if he's good he's good I mean why not play him but right. I'm not a doctor I don't know I I just hope they didn't I, I just
0: hope they didn't rush him back for sure hips hips are tough like especially at hockey I mean you're skating around it's different muscles I mean I feel like hips and hip replacements I know it wasn't a replacement but like I think it was a torn labrum or something, but I mean, I, I don't want to mess with a hip and a guy like Martian, who's already getting up there in age, who's going to be directly in the full of this Bruins team down the stretch or so you'd want him to be. Uh, if, if they were two and four to start the year and you needed a kick in the ass, oh, it's really a lot quick, different. I mean, do it, but they were scoring goals anyway. So, I mean, it's it, again, good to see him back. It clearly means he was ahead of schedule and his body healed, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I hope they don't do the same thing with McAvoy because, again, they're playing solid They're playing solid hockey right now, and they didn't really need a changeup. But, I mean, good for Marchand. Uh, I bet the Bruins today to win the Stanley Cup at 20-1. to 1. Uh, I do it to myself every year. They always disappoint me, but there was too much buzz around the team that I had to put in the ticket. So uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, anything else, Boston sports-wise, Celtics are rolling too. And there's Celtics some Devers news. De- Devers could yeah, potentially be re-signing, I guess. Or, or he just got a birthday cake. I, who yeah, knows?
1: yeah <laughs> well, I, I, I'll i be honest. We, I've been so locked in with this quarterback thing, right? Like, I know there was a Grant Williams suspension that was questionable. There's the Raphael yeah. Devers birthday cake saga. I, I'm actually, it's on my schedule tomorrow when I get home from the stadium, <laughs> you know, as Matt Jones, I say, Hayes in the barn at that point. That's when I right. catch up on the rest of the week in Boston sports. But yeah, De, Raphael Devers uh, nominated for a silver slugger seems like the kind of guy you pay. So birthday cakes mm-hmm. for everybody.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they need to lock that guy up. I, it's, That's the one. It's like Mookie Betts was one thing, and it killed me. But if they don't re-sign Rafi Devers and keep him here long-term, then I'm officially rescinding my sportsman, my sports fanship for the Red Sox because that, that would do it for me. But looks like there's some progress there on that front. Um, And, yeah, like you said, Joe Mazzula got got the boot on Monday night when we were at uh, Foxborough, which I kind of just saw on Twitter. I didn't see anything about it, but backing up his guy Tatum. So they seem to be gelling. Celtics are rolling. The Grant Williams suspension's interesting, but uh, all seems well in Boston sports right now, aside from the Patriots, which is not really like we're used to seeing. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get back into our normal digs on Patriots beat because we're going to wrap up now. We went a long time. We're at an hour and 10. So obviously good conversation here. Patriots yeah. play the Jets this weekend on Sunday at the Meadowlands. Alex, you going to be there? No. Okay. No, there I usually travel
1: for this game, but I'll be honest, man. MetLife sucks. <laughs> yeah it's just it's the press box at a bad angle you're getting baked in the sun it's it's impossible to navigate it's like an eight hour ride home with the track. Just i know i'm yeah. complaining about covering a football game but it's honestly it's like harder to cover here <laughs> than it is yeah. other stadiums it's just so rough
0: yeah follow us on twitter for couch coverage me and alex at my Catholic and at real alex barth for patriots first jets kicking off at 1 p.m on sunday uh we gave you all the goods in this pod so give it a listen and uh that's it. Follow Alex on Twitter. Like I said, I reel Alex Barth read his stuff on the sport, 95, the sports hub. Same with me on CLNS. Um, we'll be back next week to do some probably trade deadline talk on Tuesday as the deadlines at 4 PM on Tuesday. So we'll break down Pat's jets and, uh, kind of go from there as, uh, the Patriots continue on this slow grind towards the end. So again, have a good one. Thanks for watching.